Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Freddy's World. I'm back, and it's been a while. Two years sober. I mean, two months sober. Fuck it, I messed up, but we still recording. Got my guy here, Nicola Flynn. You guys remember him from Life Cycles. So we're doing another episode. We'll talk about sobriety, what I've been doing, and how he's been doing. So welcome back. Thank you, Freddie. It's a pleasure to be here back on your show again. And congratulations on two months sobriety. That's something to be extremely proud of. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's like I said, it's been a, it's been a, my story is different from a lot of others. Um, the thing that made me got to get sober uh, was when we had a Super Bowl party at the house and I was a little intoxicated. And I remember walking past the bathroom mirror and I looked and I have, and I saw, I saw something I didn't like. So I just figured, damn, I got to make a change, you know? So, um, so, and I've been, Two months sober, you know, I know my story of getting sober is a lot different from others, you know, but yeah, I just kind of went cold turkey, you know, with it. So, you know, I think it, it's different, but it's the same. And then the fact that I say that is, is um, we as human beings are capable of so much more. And that look that you see in the mirror um, clearly illustrates what so many people, regardless of where they're at addiction, um, see they look in the mirror they see that they should be doing way better in their lives and they don't look like what they see and they somehow find the courage and strength to make changes in their lives to become better and that's extremely admirable yeah, yeah it is yeah. and just as i went to my first aa meeting um that was last sunday it was last sunday. it was last sunday you know and met and heard a lot of cool stories and just hearing everybody's struggles with alcohol and what they're doing now it was great to hear everybody's stories you know and i just remember telling mine even though mine was i felt like mine was short shorter than everybody else you know just kind of like going doing it cold turkey but i i i heard some stories that i'm like man my heart goes out you know and just watching some of these people that are still battling this addiction absolutely um you know i think when when you're within those walls um you know a is a a group of people that they like to keep anonymous, but I do think on a surface level, we're able to talk about that. And um, it's humbling. It's humbling to sit there with other people and to hear their stories and to hear what they went through. And even though at times I know, I know you've made um, the reference about difference, but it helps us feel like we're not alone. Like we're not the only ones that are walking through some sort of uh, point in our life where we feel like we could be doing better, right? Yeah. And I still got a lot to learn, you know. Um, like I said, I have a friend that's um, that's battling um, alcohol addiction and they're in treatment, you know, and we've been talking. I'm just trying to get a better understanding of where they're coming from, which is hard because, like I said, her addiction and mine are different, but I'm still trying to understand so I can be there to help. Yeah. Um, one thing I have uh, learned that for myself, I have been keeping a lot of stuff bottled in, Absolutely. you know, so going to these meetings and me doing my podcast again like this, it's, it's refreshing, you know, um, I kept a lot of stuff bottled in, like about my biological father, who I never met, but the guy lives like six houses down and never came, you know, and that sucks as a child because you're like, you're like, I've never seen this guy before, but your family member's like, yeah, that's your dad. I'm like, what? And when you, he lives like six doors down, you know, and it's like, how can you not say hi to your child? Absolutely. Or be in your child's life. So that still bothers me to this day. And that's something I am struggling with, but um, 
just putting it out there now, you know, it's, it's helping. I think the beautiful thing that you're describing here in this situation is something that many of us can relate to. And uh, for some of us, we have came from a fatherless home. For some of our listeners, they may have came from a motherless home. And there may even be the situation where, unfortunately, uh, we may have those who are listening who may not have ever had their mom and dad, maybe had grandma or aunts and uncles or uh, maybe went through adoption. So I think that this is a subject that a lot of people can relate to or resonate with. And if it doesn't affect them directly, um, indirectly, they will definitely know someone who may suffer from this. So it's good to talk about this type of stuff, right? Yeah, especially as a um, black man, because we were raised to be hard. Don't show emotion. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be this. And I just wanna say out there, black man, it's okay to cry. It's okay to show emotions because that's something I've been struggling with. And I had somebody give me a realization that I need to be open, need to open up more about stuff I've been through. And it's refreshing and it takes, and this person that's in treatment, it took them that to let me know like, hey, dude, you got you got some stuff you gotta clear out yourself, you know, we're all not perfect. And she was absolutely right, you know, there's stuff I'm battling with and I need to get better for Freddie and get better for whoever, you know, who's around in my circle, you know. So it's cool we talk about Freddie's world because I think when Freddie's being a better Freddie, he becomes contagious and he's able to touch his world and all the people listening here. But what what he's saying is right in a world where um, a I'll touch this one first. Alpha males. All right. Us yeah. males are we're supposed to be alpha. We're supposed to be dominant. You got, you know, when it comes to connections with women, women are looking for the dominant alpha males. Right. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressure to be the tough guy. But in my personal opinion, um, I've learned that. The strongest man sometimes isn't the physical one. It's the one who can show empathy, compassion, and love towards other people. It's the one who can open up um, from their heart and share with other people about their shortcomings or their brokenness. Like, what kind of strength does it take to be able to share with people on that level of something that's so personal? And for some people, intimate too, right? Yeah. Um, to me, that to me is strength. You know, um, I growing up in East St. Paul, right? Yeah. <laughs> East side. East side, right? So um, I grew up in an abusive family. All right. And, and I also grew up with the mentality that if my mom and my stepdad weren't going to protect me, all right, nobody else was. And so there was a period in my life where I was very aggressive, uh, extremely quick to fight. And um, with all intensive purposes, um, I felt like I gained respect and people left me alone uh, when I would smash people. And the truth of the matter was, is nobody had respect for me. It was so far from the truth. And as a matter of fact, it got to a point where people worried that I was a problem. And that helped me realize that, that the, the picture is so much greater, right? That's yeah. not being a man. Like, no, that's, it's not. That's a false uh, belief. Yeah, so men don't be don't be afraid to share your emotions. Tell that woman you love her and you care, you know. Wow. Yeah, because um, like I said, I realized that I didn't know how to love because I'm because I'm used to the downtown relationships. <laughs> but and and it's hard, but I'm learning, you know, and that can affect relationships, you know. But I'm I'm growing every day and I'm learning, you know. Rome wasn't built in the day, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm gonna get there, you know. You know, so it's it's actually funny. Freddie's talking about love, and I'm actually gonna pull up something 
for some of you people who are biblical scholars, this will uh, make sense. For some of you other people who may not believe, I hope that this at least touches your heart. But um, there's a, a passage here in 1 Corinthians 13 uh, in the Bible, and it speaks about love. Um, and it starts as this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongdoing. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. To me, that doesn't sound like getting out there at the club and whooping on somebody. No, it doesn't. <laughs> to me, it doesn't sound like talking uh, down to your lady or to your boyfriend uh, and being arrogant or prideful or ego and making them feel like they're the smallest thing in the world. It seems like there, there's a, a complete 180 degree reference to yeah. what this really, really looks like. Yeah. yeah. And from the book of Freddie 316, you know. <laughs> Just want to say, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and be like, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. Men and women, you know, we're all out here fighting some type of battles. And that's what I'm just realizing now, you know. Freddie C316 is actually layman's terms for all these people out there. <laughs> Please don't Google it. <laughs> so I, I love where we're going with this. Um, so in my growth and in my walk, and it's actually crazy because I was just on a Facebook platform and we were talking about God and good and evil and everything. And we were talking about the world. And, and the big conversation that came up was is, uh, the word love. You know, and uh, I personally believe short of satanic situations, atheism, things like that. And, and, and I'm sure that there's some atheists out there who may still love greatly. But there are some beliefs that, that steer far away from uh, religious beliefs. And I just... I think that the core to everything in life, healing, forgiveness, acceptance, um, less pride, uh, more humility, all of that is engulfed in love. And when we can get to a, a position in our heart that truly is compassionate for people, loves people, um, reaches out to understand instead of um, maybe forcing everybody to understand us. You know, we're reaching out to, to look at other people's sides. I think the world is such a better place. And you're relating to it in your situation with your friend. Um, it's an opportunity when you're both at a point where you're working on each other, regardless of what that looks like, for you two to understand each other and support each other. And if we had that type of posture, if we had that type of approach in dealing with everyone, how great could this world be? That is true. And like I said, it just... Took that friend to make me realize that some stuff I was lacking, right. you know, because we're not perfect. And I didn't see it till she brought it out of me, you know, and I had to take a long, hard look like, man, I got to get my shit together. Right. You know, I mean, just because I stopped drinking and everything, I'm too much sober. There was much more to pull in a layer of Freddie Joyce. You know, there's other stuff I had to I got to do better at. You know, and oh, come on, Rome, and, Rome, and Rome's not built in the day, and neither was Freddie Joyce. No, no. As a matter of fact, a wise guy uh, within the walls that we were talking about a, a many, many years ago uh, made a comment to me like this: "Said it took eight miles to get into the jungle. It's going to take you at least another eight to get there." Now, 
with that being said, for those who have a biblical faith, we do have that faith that um, when we've making the right like movements in our life, you know, can God restore the years of locust eight and can God fast forward time and, and put you in positions if you're showing that you're capable of handling them things? Yes, he can. But I don't think that that's true for everybody. Yeah. Um, very few people get this like boom light bulb moment and everything radically changes. Like you said, it's, it's more of a process sanctification, the peeling and stripping the layers as we continue to move towards a better person. And it's in a world where we're competing with everybody, right? Right. Yeah. Which we shouldn't be doing. Right. But, but look at our culture yeah. in America. It's, I don't care what it is, sports, theater, um, social status. Yeah. I mean, everybody is trying to be this like, numero uno person, the one who's on top of all of their stuff and who has it all together and who's so great. And um, when they see other people around them doing things, instead of rooting them on, they get envious, right? Yeah. And they get and they get jealous and then they start to hate. And really what we should be doing is rooting every single person on and challenging us and ourselves to be better than the way we were the day before. Yes. A lot easier said than done. But but that to me when you remove the competitive uh, part of it, which competition is good in some situations, right? Yes. Um, it, it raises the level of sports. Um, it, it does a lot of different things. Um, but I still think that we got to keep everything um, within a certain like frame or boundary because too much of anything or too less of anything is a bad thing, right? Right. And um, so I'm going to go back to touch on my sobriety real quick. Um, when I posted that, two month coin on Facebook. I had so many people message me, say good job or invited me to groups. And it was, I was a little bit overwhelmed. I was like, wow, I did not realize this many people got sober. Why would you call you like, there'll be so many people coming out the woodwork that's in this sober community. Like, hey, congratulations, here's this meeting. And I, like I said, I there were people I would talk to in three years that saw that and sent me a message like, Hey man, keep up the good work. If you need anything out here, or even when I was looking for a women's group for my female friend, you know, just which I'm still doing, but uh, help her out because I'm not gonna turn back. Of course, you know. But um, it was there was for my female friends. Like, yeah, if she needs this information, here's this and here's that. So I was just surprised and welcome. Welcome, it was like felt welcome, you know. Absolutely, wow. Because in those type of groups. The, the true element of that is, is loving and serving people, right? We want what's best for people. And sometimes uh, in life, we get so caught up in our own selfish uh, things that we can't do for anybody else. But how powerful is it when you see somebody else hurting and somebody else going through some tough times and you're able to remove yourself and be there for somebody else? Like, you know what I mean? And show them love. That's contagious. And now you're showing that type of empathy and compassion and love to someone else. And then we're moving forward. And you know what? Uh, let's even step aside the whole sobriety thing. The world can benefit this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you got, you got, uh, you know, and, and condolences to uh, Mr. Dwayne Wright and his family here. Yes. Um, regardless of any situation, I don't care where you're from. A person losing their life is never good. All right. And I think, I've seen a lot of uh, arguing on Facebook. I just think that this compassion element and love and trying to understand other people 
could go a long ways towards uniting our, our society and good people together instead of pushing them away. I feel like love and compassion, especially in society, is a lost art right now. Yes. It's a very lost art. And just it, I mean, just um, prayers for that young man's family. I mean, no parent should be burying a child. I don't care what circumstance it is, you know, I mean. And, and I'd like to step out also too and say, by no means, uh, and I think maybe I'm speaking for Freddie, maybe I'm not, but I don't think that we're condoning behavior on either side of the situation. We're just merely pointing out the one element, which was a lost life. And um, we got to do better as humans, not only to each other, but in situations where it's uh, black and white police uh, and, and civilians, uh, other people of other races and nationalities, man, like we're as a society, we are hurting in so many areas from so many situations kids who didn't have their dads like yourself yeah um addiction um people who have been sexually uh molested or touched um people who have came from from wars in other countries yes. where their people were getting totally annihilated i mean there are so many different dynamics that we can't even begin to wrap our heads around and instead of like being so judgmental like why not love why not shut your own personal feelings down and look at it from somebody else's view and guess what folks let me tell you something it's okay to say i don't understand <laughs> we always want to be like yeah, we yeah. understand or we we get it no guess what sometimes we don't understand and that's okay but guess what we can still be there for people who love them. yeah and that's what i'm starting to learn with my situation like i don't understand but i, I want to be there you know i usually, I usually say oh i get it and she would say no you know but I don't understand all the way because our situation is different. Absolutely. But I'm starting to get some of the gist of it, but I may not completely <laughs> fully understand, but definitely want to try and still be there, you know? So it's it's crazy because for some of you people, I don't know if you keep up on stats or keep up on world facts or things. Um, part of my sobriety, <laughs> I, I've gotten into this whole thing where like knowledge is power and I want more and more and more knowledge. So there's well over 7.5 billion people on our planet, right? And every single person, their DNA is different. And every single person, their fingerprints are different. So if we have 7.5 plus billion people in the world, what does that say about our possible differences? What does that say about our possible experiences in life? I think we think that like our experiences are pretty like normal to everybody else. But the truth of the matter is there's a very, very significant chance that um, just as unique as we are, so are other people's experiences. And if we can start to think that way and we can start to, to be more caring and understanding, this world can move in such a healthier direction. I totally agree with that. That was very spot on. It was very spot on. Um, one thing we did forget to do, uh, I know we did it the first time we did life cycles. We forgot to start with a prayer. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, we, so I know we're in the middle of it, but let's do a prayer real quick. Rest in peace, DMX. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, God. I, you know, it's funny we're talking about DMX, man, because uh, he, God, he's so appropriate for this, right? Yeah. yeah. He had gone through addiction issues. He had um, 
been saved by Christ and was doing Bible studies online, which a lot of people didn't know, um, and was really uh, making a step towards making his world and his place even better. So to see him die at such a young age, and, and we don't know what the situation is. People are speculating a yeah. couple different things. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, a very influential person and a legend died and lost their life, man. And we, we pay homage and we pay respect uh, to D because he, man, that, that song Slippin' and so many other ones, man, being out at, uh, yeah. you know, X Fest or River's Edge, man, and partying and throwing DMX man, on the speaker. I remember, I remember, I remember seeing him at X Fest, man. <laughs> I, I forgot what album that was out, but D, I guess. Seeing him, he had so much energy. Though. Oh man, and we're just throwing the X symbol up, we're all yelling. And a lot of people don't know, I got to saw him at Woodstock in 1999. Yes, yes. and I, I was friends with a guy named Tony. We both worked at Herberger's in the women's shoe department, <laughs> and he was from that area. So I went, and so I got to see DMX at that Woodstock. Man. Hey, whether you guys know it or not, Freddie's a big boy here, but he does have a soft side when he's working in the women's shoe area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used to call us Alan Griff, but <laughs> Alan Griff, there you go. It's just yes. besides the point, but yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. such a young age. I mean, 50 is not old in no. these times. No, not at all. And uh, to his family, uh, to all his fans and everybody, man, condolences. We we truly lost an influential person who touched our lives, man. I can't honestly, I can't even tell you how many times I heard that that song slipping when I was going through addiction issues or tough times. Yeah, and it brought tears to my eyes. You know what I mean? And and just like his song talked about it, man. I dreamed of uh, resurrecting my life and and you know, coming back and, and being on top of things the way that I knew I was capable of. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that who, uh, whether your belief is God, Buddha, whatever, whoever created this universe didn't create us all to come out here, party our asses off until we're 90, yeah. uh, have these uh, monogamous or whatever relationships, these, these sexual relationships, and just keep doing that while we work all the time. Like, I think we are, we are so much more capable of greater things. And we need to, to rise up and we need to take accountability personally to be our best. And when we get in touch with that part, amazing things happen. But if we continue to, to fall into the lie of this materialistic world, especially here in the Western side of things in America, um, we are never going to reach our full potential as a society. Yeah, I feel um, what, to touch on what you were saying. We need to sometimes when you look at ourselves and like, hey, I need to check myself. Yeah, and peel these layers. Yeah, because there's times I thought I was good and I wasn't. <laughs> you know, and we got to yeah. stop telling ourselves these lies to ourselves. There's a thin line between confidence and and errors, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you gotta like I had to do like I had to look in the mirror and check myself. Like you're not good. Well, and. There may be some truth to the fact that you are good, but maybe the way that you were looking at yourself Self. wasn't good. That's what I mean. The way you know I what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. Like you're, I mean, and, and I think I speak for everybody who knows Freddie and listens to Freddie's an amazing person with an abundance of uh, smiles and happiness and, and information to offer uh, from his experiences. So, um, but I think sometimes I know I used to think my shit didn't stink per se, you know what I mean? Or I would, um, back in the day when I was playing sports and still believe that I was going to reach my pinnacle point of, uh, of doing, uh, you know, major league baseball and things like that. Um, I really thought my shit was great. 
And the truth of the matter was, I don't give a damn how hard you can throw a ball, how great you can shoot a basketball, how far you can throw a football. At the end of the day, you're a human being um, who's no better or no worse than anybody else. You just got to be your personal best. And don't think that that means uh, when you are successfully doing your best that you have the right to look down on anybody else, you know, or treat other people uh, a different way, man, because everybody deserves love and acceptance and shit, even a hug. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just need a hug or sometimes you just need to call that person. Just be like, hey, man, I just need somebody to talk to or I just need to vent. Do you mind listening? Right. Well, especially in this age, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we got these these things called cell phones that are mini computers in our hand. And in some instances, it's made life great. In other instances, it's completely torn the fabric of connection apart. And um, we need to, to reach out to people more. We need to stop by people's houses and say hi and throw these things under the covers or under the pillows or leave it in the car and, and talk to people one-on-one -on -one, face to face like we're doing yes. and be able to um, allow that authenticity of our souls and spirits to come out with each other yeah i agree with that so and always check on your friends you never know what anybody's battling um i lost a good friend jessica nicole um rest in peace that one really killed me yeah yeah because she was such an amazing person amazing singer and um I kept a lot of it bottled up. I had a chance to meet her mom while her mom was cleaning out the stuff and I gave her my, her um, town home and stuff and I got to meet her mom and I just chatted with her and gave her the biggest son hug. And I told her, I was like, you have a, you still have African-American son here and because I was so close to Jessica and what a tragic loss. And I was giving her money to help her out with the Vimo. But my thing is always check on your friends, check on your people, you never know. You listen, look at the Facebook messages, uh, posts. If some, if, you, if somebody's posting something that seems out of whack, give that person a call or message him like, hey, everything's okay. Yeah. What's going on? I'm here, you know? Because time is short. You can, I can be here today and I can get into a bad car wreck driving home and I'm gone. Right. Well, and what you're talking about, God, the dynamics can be difficult for people, right? Because what if you're a person who's done pretty good and then you have a friend or two who has struggled a lot me being in the situations I've been in, I've seen how that brings down people. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we don't think that like our actions are doing damage to other people. So what I'm trying to say is, is that I know we struggle um, and there's two sides to the coin, but we got to own what we're doing and realize that whether you think people don't love you or care about you, I would be willing to bet it's a complete false lie. Um, there are a lot of people that care, but our actions can sometimes build up so much that it pushes people away. So just as much as I would ask the person who's on the side who feels like they're getting pushed away to continue to persevere and show love, like at a healthy distance, right? Because we can't sacrifice ourselves and be brought down. But I would also uh, say to the listeners, like we really got to own our behavior. We really got to own what we're doing is wrong. And we got to really understand that as much as we think we don't affect people or as much as maybe even some people say, I don't care. Like I am who I am. Well, great. But guess what? You're in a big world and this world yeah. doesn't revolve around. And we need to be held like myself. I need to be held more accountable for yeah. my actions. Because actions do speak a lot of the words. You can say so much like right here, like saying, I love you in the note. I miss you. But 
Actions Action fucking speak louder than words. I'm Absolutely. gonna say that again. Absolutely. And so, and that's why I was lacking as well. You know, sometimes my actions weren't always right. there. You know, I'm not perfect, and I'm piecing the the puzzle back together of my of what I need to work on. So I'm gonna be okay. Like I stated before, Rome was not built in a day. So me kind of airing out like more of my personal side in this episode is kind of really helping me. Yeah, a little bit, a lot. So. There's a lot of things that that you may have to offer, but what do you think really, really changed? Not only the like, there's a surface moment, right? Yeah. So there's that moment you walk by the mirror and see that. I would be willing to bet that that was maybe the culmination of thoughts building up to that point over time, and that was just kind of the breaking point or the tipping point. Where do you think this started to really originate from? Like at its core with you. I kind of felt like that with me that I was doing the same thing that I was doing since 16, 17. And I'm still doing it at 40. I should be doing something else with my life. And like I said, I did not like what I saw in the mirror. Yeah. You know. And when that time came, what was the process that that, that helped you to build up to courage? to take the action to change. So um, that action, um, pretty much, I just went cold turkey and stopped the drinking, you know? I did it on my own. And um, if you guys want to hear any more, we're going to upload this episode and we're going to record part two, you know, because this is going to be a two-part episode. But just want to say thank you guys for paying attention. Thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next couple hours. Um, yeah, we'll be back here very, very shortly with part two, and I would uh, strongly encourage you to tune yeah. in because we got some more good stuff for you guys. Thanks for listening.